to Disturbing Your Peace. Hi everyone, welcome back to Disturbing Your Peace. I'm Zaytun and today we're going to be talking about a really exciting topic. But before we get into it, I just want to say thank you so much for sticking with us up until our eighth episode. This is our eighth episode boom 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 period only onwards and upwards from here so glad to have had your support especially in the last episode we had a lot of engagement and i hope today we also have a lot of engagement from our audience um once again i'm zaytun and i'm ahlam i'm sindus and we have a really really cool guest with us today we have alize um who is our university friend as well as our sister in islam and today we're going to be talking about religion specifically about islamic sects um uh, sunnism and shia as well as our experiences with intrafaith uh, relations. Alize, welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? What was your day like? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just kind of tired. I've been awake for a very long time. <laughs> Thank you so much for having yeah. me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. We really do appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, so... The three of us, just um, for people who might not know about Islam, um, we're not all a monolith. We, we've, we know we pray to the same God and we have a lot of similarities in the ways in which we do that. Um, there are some differences just as, you know, like Catholics have so many denominations. I feel like it's normal for people to think of that. And sometimes they see Islam as just like, what is it? 1.8 billion people of all people yeah. just like practicing exactly the same. And that's really not it. Um, so uh, for discrepancy sake and for people who might not know, um, I identify as a Sunni Muslim. And um, I think Ahlam and Sunni too, because they're my friends and I know them. <laughs> um, Alize, can you tell us a, li- a bit about your religious background? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I identify, okay, so I, one of my friends at university, at like, at our school coined this term sushi. I'm pretty sure somebody else had it before. But it's like it's, my favorite. it's so cute. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But I identify as sushi. Um so my okay, I always mix this up, but my mom is um uh from a Shia family and my father is from a Sunni family. But an, another interesting thing is that my my mom, her parents are kind of the same like the same as my parents. So her mom is very her mom is Shia and her father is Sunni. So we got like a lot of mix in our family. Um, but yeah, we, yeah. Wow, that is actually really cool. I think like, cause I, even in like um, people who are only around Sunni Muslims, there's, you also see like, ha- like how differently like you might pray from the person next to you. Like I'll be mm-hmm. next to like, like the, the family down the block and we're not praying the same. And I feel like it should really be normalized that like, we all worship differently, you know, and that's okay. Um, but that's actually really cool to hear that, like, you grew up with so much, like, variety in terms of um, uh, of Islam. So for your, the first question, I just want to ask you to take us back to your childhood. What was it like seeing, like, the different traditions and, and all the different, like, um, ways of practicing that you grew up with? Oh, my gosh. Okay. First of all, I just want to say thank you for talking about this stuff because this, this really does need to be talked about. So thank you for that. Um, but second, yeah, when I was growing up, I'll be very honest with you, I was not even aware that there was, like, such a discrepancy between Sunnis and Shias. Like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I grew up, like, with, within my family, like, we went to, uh, we went to go pray at, like, all the Sunni mosques, like, um, I believe, like, ICOR, which is the mosque in Redmond, Islamic Center of Redmond, and then um, MAPS, like, came later, but yeah, we used to go pray there all the time. 
but um, I didn't like even realize this, but the Sunday school that our parents, um, mom the Sunday school that our parents um, put us through was a Shia Sunday school. And I didn't even like, I didn't even think that it was like a different thing. I thought everybody was kind of doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, I went to a Shia Sunday school. That was a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this, but some Shias when they pray, and I only became became aware of this more recently was um, when they say Allah Akbar. You know how some uh, Sunnis they'll put their hand on their chest like this. So when Shias are praying, they'll go Allah Akbar, and some Shias will put their hands to their sides. And mm-hmm. so I remember when I did that, like I think it was like maybe like three years ago. I was in, like a, like a Sunni mosque with my friends, and I did that, and my friend was like, No, like don't do that. Like that's not right. Like put it the other way. And so I was like, Oh, I don't. Like I was so confused. I was like, Wait, like like what am like what am I? it was just really confusing for me and also just kind of like have I been doing this wrong the entire time like am I is this not going to count like what I just did is not so that was an interesting experience but no I I grew up like my I really genuinely thank my parents for this they showed me everything like they they took me to the Sunni masjid to make sure that I knew that like how to pray like that and they took me to the Shia masjid so that I would learn how to pray like that. My parents, I'm not even kidding, like, they never let me feel like I was praying, like, that I was wrong in my belief. And they didn't even, like, I'm not even going to lie, like, they never even introduced those words to me in Shia. Like, they were just like, you're Muslim, go. <laughs> just go learn this stuff, that's what you are. And I was like, great. And then I remember, oh my gosh, this is, this is random, but, like, when we started getting older, um, and I started seeing, and then I started really, like, learning, okay, there's, like, a difference between these people. Um, my, we were talking about like marriage because a lot of people um, when we started like you know getting into that phase of life um, a lot of people would specify we want a Sunni girl and it was always oh. Sunni girl we, we want a Sunni girl who's skinny who has like skin and all these like these all these requirements make sure like just it was just so sad because I would never see Shia like we don't want that just doesn't happen but that's when I really started to like feel it like okay there's actually something and it was and I think it was really heartbreaking because that's when I, because I didn't grow up thinking that there was anything wrong with me. Like, I thought I was totally fine. Like, I was going There's up, nothing wrong with you, hon. I just want to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. But, like, when you see the way that, you know, just, I, I feel like that marriage thing for sure really hit me because I was like, damn, like, why am I not skinny? I was like, why am I not like this? Why am uh, I not skinny? Or, like, why don't I have, why don't I fit these requirements for these people? And I just, I don't. And so it, it kind of sucks, but it's also like, it's also really messed up that we have those requirements placed within our society. But I thank my parents again for never making me feel like I was any less. It's now that I feel a lot more because of that. But I, but thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So like growing up, like currently we're in the month of Muharram, right? Um, and it's a very special month for all Muslims, but especially for Shia Muslims. Um, what does Muharram mean to you? specifically oh my gosh Muharram is a our, we used to go so we used to go we haven't gone this much anymore and also it's like COVID so we can't really go and I prefer going to the masjid in like person because what they'll do is um they'll have like lectures for um I believe it's yeah the first 10 nights they'll have a lectures and they'll have they'll call like so I go to Iman it's the center in Kirkland really beautiful it's like oh there's like glass windows and stuff it's like super pretty at night and everybody will come and they'll invite like um shia lecturers from various places um and then they'll like it and it's nice because they don't only talk about 
the Battle of Garbala um, and, you know, what happened with Imam Hussein and the sacrifice that he made. But they also talk about just like life, like just life in general. And it'll, it, it's really, like, I really like that. I love the lecture parts of it. When the lecture is good. Sometimes lecture is not popping off and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but most, most of the time they, they do good. But what it means to me, honestly, is it's like, it's so nice. Like, it's like a nice community. We all come together. We all sit together. We all listen to these stories together every year. Um, we all eat food together, which is nice. And everybody, like, you can sign up to, like, bring food for families and you all sit and eat together, which is, I love doing that. Um, and then they have this really, um, I really like doing this a lot. Um, it's called Matam. And you, like, hit your, uh, you, like, hit your chest. You don't have to hit it hard. You just hit it lightly. And then they play, like, a uh, uh, noha and then you just like do your mom I don't know I really enjoy that's like what my dad and my favorite part at do you guys fast during Muharram sorry just uh, is, is that why no, you no, no, good, okay good question no, no no that's a good question um so I okay I've heard like mixed things about this some people do fast during Muharram um but I know some people also don't fast during Muharram so I I read an article I think actually actually I had a conversation with, um, with my sister recently um, and she was telling me about how, like, you know, when you fast, like in Ramadan, you do it because, you know, you're like, wow, I'm like so grateful for food and I'm so grateful for all these things that I have. And you're kind of like, when you break it, it's kind of like you're appreciating the, these things that you take for granted, right? That's kind of what fasting is sort of about in like a nutshell. But um, she was telling me about how, like, sometimes it's like, it's not like that good of a thing to fast during Muharram because of um, the sacrifice that Imam Hussein made. And it's not something that you're like necessarily celebrating, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a, it's, some people do fast, people don't fast. It, it depends on your intention again. Like that's what I think at the end of the day, that's what it is. But um, I, don't, I don't fast during that time because I kind of agree with my sister on that. Like I, I'm not really celebrating it. Um, but yeah, some people do. And that's on them that it's like, you know, it's your intention, you're doing it for you, so yeah. Um, so, sorry guys, I just realized you don't have to ask that question, just ignore it. Say, do you want to go to your part? <laughs> I wanted to backtrack a little bit about, um, about like the, the wife thing and like the, we want a Sydney girl. I never knew like that was like, people were like that specific of like, I want this sect. I, I already knew they were like very sexist of, I want this, uh, tall, thin, um, girl that will cook and clean and tell me how I got this ring. Um, <laughs> big ups Cardi B. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but um, I, uh, I'm wondering, like, because I think to an extent, I think it's such a beautiful thing that, like, your parents never felt, made you feel that, like, you're doing, like, like you're practicing wrong or anything like that. Because I think a lot of the times, like what is practicing wrong anyways, right? Aren't we, especially if you have pure intentions and we're all just trying to like please Allah, what is practicing wrong? Um, so uh, like, that's just so beautiful. Mashallah, mashallah. I, I love your parents already. Um, I'm wondering if like, um, like, I'm wondering if our sects or like our division um, within Islam are like visible or... Um, like if, if 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 it's perceivable to like non-Muslims, have you ever thought about that? Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But also, this is a random story that I just remembered all of a sudden that I that I'll share about the wife stuff that you that you just mentioned, like the marriage stuff. So you know how my parents are like Sunni Shia, right? 
I remember, it's my, my, my mom was telling me this, but when they got married, a lot of people refused to come to the wedding because they're like, this doesn't count. They're like, this just does not count because it's a mix. Yeah, so this is some pretty, like, crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, cut that off. <laughs> no, you're, no, no, girl, cuz, we cuz here. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it, was, it was such crazy shit, though. Like, a lot of people were like, no, because, because you got, you're getting married to a Shia, this, this shit don't count. And so, I, and it's just, it's, a, it's appalling. It's genuinely appalling to me that that's how it is, but it is, it is. It is like that. Like, people it's are so very sad. concerned about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're 100%. I feel like it's so sad that, like, you know, to the outside, people see us as one. And, like, we try to put in this image that one Uma, like, we're one. And then, mm-hmm. like, you hear these stories, like, all these little, like, divisions. And it, it doesn't even make sense because I'm, like, deep down, you're claiming that you believe in one Uma. You claim that we're all brothers and sisters, but you're literally not acting like it. Like, you would not – who would not go to their brother and sister in Islam's wedding? Like, that don't even make sense to me. Like, it's insane that, like – but if you ask any Muslim leader from any sect, like they have this imagery, like, yep, we're one, like, yes, like, mm-hmm. just like talk about it outside. Mm-hmm. And they don't really want to talk about the um, discrimination mm-hmm. um, within, uh, within like Muslim communities. And like, speaking of Muslim communities, Shiism is uh, like a minority sect. And um, for like, I can give an example as like a black Muslim, we're considered to be a minority in the portrayal of Islam. Um, and a lot of people mm-hmm. say, oh, you're a minority. Um, However, I've never felt that because I've always been in spaces where I felt uh, as if I was in community. For you, would you say that you have that similar experience or do you feel that there are like situations where you feel, oh my God, I am a minority um, in Islam because of my your identity? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I kind of agree with you, like with most of your experience, like I have been kind of surrounded. I, I think my family did, okay, again, they did such a good job in making sure that I was like really included and I felt good. But when I step out of that, like when I, I could talk about my university experience, honestly, I have never been so outed. I've never felt so like, so, so small in my life. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like I have never, I was in a, in a Muslim organization and it's a very Sunni dom. I mean, it's, it's all Sunni. It's all Sunni. And that's fine. Like that's, that's totally fine. I don't think that's the issue, but the way that, the way that the group was so quick to say that we can't talk about Shias because that's not even correct. Like outright being able to say that that's wrong. It, it, it was just, it was heartbreaking for all the Shias and Shias, a lot of Shias don't even go to these organizations because they're not represented in it. Right. And if you don't see representation, like if you don't see, like if you don't see people who are like you somewhere, you're less likely to come, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, they just don't come because they're like, we don't feel welcome. We're not going to come. And I and had never really experienced that until that happened. And and when I hear these stories from like my parents and stuff, but um, the way that that organization was so quick to shut down talking about Shias was honestly horrifying to me because I was like, I I feel like are you that threatened in your faith that you can't mm-hmm. talk about something else? Are you that insecure about your faith? Like I just mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind. It does. It blows my mind. I'm like. This this should actually strengthen your own faith, right? Because you're learning about something different. Yeah. Why are you shutting down new knowledge that could potentially, like, make you smarter? Like, do you want to be dumb? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also insane because I know the organization you're talking about, but that same organization, a lot of, like, Muslim organizations are Sunni-led, bringing Christians and Jews to talk about their religion. So I'm like, <laughs> how, you, how are we going to have non-Muslims out here promote their religion but when another Muslim brother wants to talk about their tradition and how you know talk about how similar we are but also how different we are it's like 
shut down next call or like yeah God, it really is like no and they don't create these spaces for other um for other people and when you like call them out on it it's like oh you're being a deviant and you're trying to deviate people from the faith but it's like no we're just trying to like strong like strengthen the umma right the one exactly. the so-called one umma narrative that they like to push out no as soon yeah, as you I- said a great point um we were actually doing research and we stumble upon i'm not sure if you heard about it but it's called sunni privilege so the concept that a lot of like muslim spaces and mosques and organization are like sunni by default because sunnis are the majority so a lot of lectures mm-hmm. are like you know led by sunni sheikhs or like a lot mm-hmm. of like just stories and just how things ran and a lot of organization are there and i never knew because a lot i travel alhamdulillah a lot whenever i travel i like to go to a mosque and i never question what this mosque is because i just 100 percent assume that is fit for me like i go and i pray like i don't as you said, like, somebody told you you can't pray like that. Like, I never had that encounter. Or, like, even, like, the way, like, nobody has ever questioned my traditions because of how the way I believe is the default. And it's, like, so scary because, like, a lot of times when everything's made for you and the default, you don't think about the, the other or you don't think about other people because you're just used to, you know, this. You're just used to this way of life. You're comfortable. We, mm-hmm, you're super comfortable. And I think it's really mm-hmm. horrifying because, like, in Islam, it's, Islam's so big on justice and you know there's so much eyes in the quran there's so much things about like you know how har- like how harmful it is to hurt another bro- muslim or brother in islam and without even knowing like you know what i mean like you might say something you might do something and this person is like honestly hurt and then you know what i mean like it's like so sad like justice is so key in islam and i feel like the way mm-hmm. we're running there's no justice we all just literally like to be comfortable when we get uncomfortable we're like nah shut this down right now like just because we're so scared of something that we believe might actually not, you know, like might, like we don't want to challenge ourselves. Basically, we just like to, we just like to sit there, mm-hmm. which is wrong. <laughs> like yeah, wrong. everything being black and white, black and white, black and white, no critical thinking. And I just think that's so sad. And I think this is an issue for Muslims across the board, like where we can't even like have like dialogue about like different some things that might be true like hey like take this into consideration it's like nope this is what you're taught this is how you're supposed to do it and that is devastating to be completely honest but i think i honestly believe that gen z inshallah like they start like challenging the status quo and challenging like this is not how we want our communities to look like because i honestly Mm -hmm. don't feel comfortable that like i'm at a message where everything's given to me but like you know elise can't even come in because she feels uncomfortable it was just it's awkward it's like you know who am i to have take up all this space and like others Mm -hmm. can't even like share a piece of the damn pie like just share the <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's like yeah. I, I think a lot of people are going to start I, hopefully a lot of gen z's like actually start questioning and like saying oh, this is not how it's supposed to be and this is not what our religion preaches because i cannot do another decade of this <laughs> no, <laughs> that's yeah. the thing islam isn't like islam doesn't say to do these things that's the Period. Thing. what kind of islam people are thinking of i'm like this is not it though like you're supposed to learn you're supposed to challenge yourself you're supposed to like expand your knowledge be uncomfortable can't just sit there all the time and not question things and not learn like that's just i don't know yeah i agree with you Mm -hmm. no yeah the the organization that you're talking about earlier i was there at one of the meetings where like this was happening (laughs) (laughs) i think i raised my hand and i was trying to go off on these people as well because i was so confused why like that existed or like because the way that they said it so easily it's just like I felt bad for them, honestly, that, that you can like that, that those words can come out of your mouth so easily. And it's, it's scary to think like, if this is what you're saying to a group full of people that some of them you don't know, I wonder what you're saying in your home. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder what you're saying with your closest friends, like where, how far do your like, 
like your your extreme views go that's very scary very very scary to me i don't know you know mm-hmm. uh, but it's 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 crazy that like there's so much pushback when it's not even that big of a deal or even that like one of the people who was supposed to come for the organization to be in a in a teaching role about um the topic felt so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that they couldn't come wow. do you remember that happening yeah yeah i remember that i was the person who i was in contact with them and i remember what they said to me which was honestly true um they were talking about how they in in their own masjid it's a shia masjid they invite the new scholars all the time to come and talk all the time and it's just and and honestly that's really heartbreaking to me like i don't understand why at a sunni space we can't have any sort of Shia conversation. Like, why are you, you, why do you feel so threatened? That's what I'm saying. Like, I just, exactly. like, we're not going to hurt you. You're just going to learn something new. You're just going to expand your own knowledge. Why is that so terrifying? But I guess, yeah. 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 yeah you know. Do you have, I think our, I think just by default, like our experiences are so different. Do you have any questions for us and like, you know, how like it is like, you know, being Sunni and like, you know, taking up space <laughs> at times and like, because I feel like our experiences are so dumb. Our experiences are so different because, for so for so many reasons but i just want to get any question for us just to like it's more of a you know a dialogue how does it feel like um how actually i don't know what are your experiences with um within this i mean this particular organization that i'm talking about because i know it's it's not great for a lot of people but if you feel like if you feel like sharing like in terms of like um creed or like like in terms of like sect, I feel like we're not really left out. But then in terms of like, it's like a whole different community mm-hmm. than ours, if that makes sense. Like I, I never came into this university thinking I was going to be joining this group because I knew already like there was a certain type of not saying anything terrible about those type of Muslims, great people. But it's just outside of like for that particular organization, I've never felt a part of it but that's for different reasons but in terms of like other spaces like mosques and stuff I've always I've never like Ahlam said I've never felt the need to like I've never felt as if I was the other if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I think for me like I said like I never feel like the other like when I'm praying and everything like that that organization a lot of organization I just don't f with the men the men are sexist they just don't like exactly and I don't like them and it's just that I think that my biggest issue with them is that like they literally think Muslim spaces are for straight men or sexist that's it sunni straight sexist men it's all s's that are either desi or arab yeah exactly somali sorry let's put s another s somali men that's it somali men let's be honest the somali men who join those organizations are the ones that grew up in predominantly you know yeah like certain communities that are part of i'm talking about the messages like i think like messages and organizations as well like i feel like it's just literally for sunni straight men like it's they have whole no lot out sexes. Like that's the only time I disagree with it. Exactly. But again, like it's not. Or like, when they're busy being racist, but yeah. or xenophobic, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's oh, an issue for another guys, day. Did you guys ever um like learn about Shias? Did you do Sunday school? Yes. No, really, really, we, you didn't. Bro, okay, let me tell you about this. Okay, we were talking yeah. about this. Never. Like, when was the first time I realized that? Maybe I think it was maybe like. So I went to Islam school my whole life. That's the T, okay? okay? I went to Islam okay. school my whole life until eighth grade. Never learned about it. Maybe like, I think we're just taught about Muslims. We were not even taught about like the nitty gritty differences of like you know Sunnis. It was just like straight up like this is how you pray, this is how you read the Quran, like cool story. Like we'll tell you the story about the Prophet. But that's it. But then like I think in college at the hub, I seen that there were so much different people were praying different ways, and I was like, oh, what is that? 
And I, once mm. I start researching about it and stuff like that, and I know I was, I hurt a Shia before. Like, I remember we were breaking fast and the sister was breaking with us when I was young. She was delayed her fast a little longer. And then my mm. mom was like, oh, she's Shia. And that was like, I just heard the name. That was it, halas. Like, it was it. And like, I knew there was a difference, but I didn't know nothing. And I also didn't know how effed up the spaces I was in were to them. Like, I didn't know, not, like, I just, just didn't know. And then I, as I went to college, and that organization in particular, as I start seeing how people are moving, so SSA as well, like all these like product, I just was like, oh, so we're the problem. We are causing all this ish. It's me, it's I, like it was, it was hard to take in. Cause it's like, yeah, I, no. it's like, I always talk about racism in the Muslim community, but it's like, I also, you know, promote injustices without knowing. Cause I feel like even if you don't know you're ignorant, just because you have, you know, it's still, I still take the blame. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think it's always, I don't believe, okay, not to see things in black and white, but I think when it comes to injustice of any degree, you're either dismantling it or you're upholding it. Exactly. Just especially if it favors you and you don't even know that it favors you and you're just living comfortably, you're, you're, you're validating that system, exactly. whether you think of it or not. For me growing up, I never like really thought of like Sunni or share anything like that. I only like talked about it with like at school or stuff like that. I, after I came to the U.S., I didn't really go to like Sunday school. We just learned with my dad and my dad never like talked to us about like Sunni or Shia or anything like that. He would just even like, he wouldn't even talk to us about Christians and Jews and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. in terms of like, um, like material he would, but in terms of like the people we would interact with, like, like people who um, were our family friends or like, people at school, it was either like Muslim and non-Muslim. He was never like really, it wasn't, it wasn't like sectist. I don't know. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, it was never sectist. But also in doing that, I, I think that like there there was an opportunity to um, to celebrate differences, and that was also not taken. So I think while it did have its upsides, it also did have its downsides. Growing up, and I had to do a lot of that research on my own. Um, yeah, so I think that it goes to show that like if the three of us just like in this room alone are are taught so little about like how other people worship in our own religion mm -hmm. what are other people taught like taught yeah. as well you know and it's really it's sad that like all this like information is being gatekeeped and it's like supposed to be hush hush when it's like once again as elise said what do you feel threatened by exactly come out come out that's so yeah. true i feel like for me i had a lot of shia neighbors in my neighborhood um and like there's obviously differences because they would like tell us and stuff. So that was my introduction to Shia people was like through interaction and seeing mm -hmm. that they were um, in Muharram. Like I've seen like a lot of the women were wearing black and then mm -hmm. they would have like different traditions and stuff. So that was my introduction to it. But I went to Islamic school just like Ahlam. We never talked about it. Um, mm -hmm. They would mention it. They would be like, yeah, we have a difference in like creed or whatever, but they wouldn't, they would not go into it at all. It would never be like, oh, this is, this is what, this is what they believe. And this is what I believe. It would just be like, flat out um like rejection of the whole entire wow. that's so sad to think of it but like that's exactly what it was like just rejecting everything that they believed in without even explaining it to us i think the main i was gonna ask you a question i think um being muslims in the west especially like us we're like post 9 11 babies like we grew up in post 9 11 i think a lot of muslim spaces try to like fight Islamophobia are saying we're so united and they just like try to put on this PR stunt like we're all Muslims and obviously like to a racist Trump supporter they do not know the difference they will like you know hate us all but I think as Muslims in the west to an extent we internalize anti-Muslim rhetoric so like 
because we face Islamophobia every day. You know, you see a lot of Muhammads who are moms. You see, you know, from, <laughs> you know, you see a lot of Adrahmans who become abs. Or like for me, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes I decided to wear a hoodie instead of my hijab just for my safety. You know, you internalize a lot of the Islamophobia. Yeah. Ah, hoodie gang. Um, you feel ox. But I think that I was reading about, which really made me sad, is a lot of Shias start internalizing anti-Shia rhetoric without even knowing. Did you face that by any chance? And how did you, like, are you, how, how was that? And like, how was it learning that to some extent? Okay, that's a really good question. I feel like, wow, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like I am still unlearning a lot of like the anti-Shia stuff that I see and that I hear. Um, because honestly, I've become more aware of it so like, like much more recently, like a lot more recently. So I've been hearing this stuff more. So I think I'm still processing a lot of it. I'm gonna be very honest with you. Like I, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question very well, but yeah. Inshallah, it go, yeah. It go, inshallah like the journey of unlearning it goes easier because I feel like it's so toxic that like you're already internalizing Islamophobia and then on top of that, you have to face like injustices from the own your own community to some extent. It's like hard. It's a different type of pain. So like may Allah make it easier for you because it's hard. It's, yeah. I, I, I had, uh, at Sunday school, I had a, um, I had a, like, a, like a teacher, like, like a friend, like, she was a teacher, too, and we were just talking about, like, she is in Sunni, because she was a Sunni, and she was about to marry um, a Shia person, and she was, like, talking to me about it, and she was asking me about my family, like, how that works, and no, she was telling me about how, like, her parents told her that, like, before, I mean, her parents have grown a lot, that's why this marriage happened, but she was, talking about how like her parents told her some like really awful things about she is and like you know they're not real we don't really talk about that and it's like really like bad things and then we had to like she like sat down with me we had conversations about it and I feel like it'll definitely be a process it's a process it's a process man to unlearn the things that like the awful things that you hear and especially to the pe- for the people who like I don't know how to explain it I'm talking about myself like as if she as, as a sushi hearing all these like things and seeing all these like awful things that happen to Shias and I don't know yeah. yeah it's not easy I don't know if I answered your question I feel like I didn't <laughs> no it's I think it's like I think it's the most honest answer to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> uh, I think it is the most honest answer because I think unlearning is a process in and of itself and it's not a process that is linear nor is it a process that has a beginning and an end um and I also think that like it, the hardest part about unlearning some like rhetoric that like goes against like who you are is it, it never ends because you're constantly faced with it you know it's not a lot yeah. of times it's not a one-time experience it's like you're you're building yourself up and you're um trying to like not like um internalize all of this and believe it about yourself but then you have another experience and then you have another encounter after that and that must be really, like, really difficult, you know? So- I, I think the thing that's, like, really, like, the thing that's, the, the, I think the thing that's, like, really difficult about it is that it really genuinely makes you question yourself. You're like, what mm. is wrong with me? That's what I was doing a lot. I mean, I'm way better now, but I was like, what, like, why am I, like, I was like, why am I like this? Like, what is wrong with me? It, like, makes you question your whole identity. And I feel like that's the worst thing. And I feel like a lot of people go through that. It's not only me. It's a lot of people who are not welcome in these kind of spaces. Um, a lot of people who face um these kind of situations but it's just like I think that's the worst part of it and we just need to like we need to be more compassionate and more understanding and more open to learning that people don't have to feel like uncomfortable in their own identity you know what I mean yeah 
Definitely. Yeah. And although this is not like comparable at, and in any way, um, sometimes like, um, the ostracization, the ostracization, mm-hmm. I'm still learning English. Okay. Please. <laughs> I beg. Um, the, um, for me, the ostracization that I felt within the, in Muslim spaces has been a lot of times about either like, um, my gender, um, or about, um, the color of my skin a lot of times it's been about like um like blackness is seen as so taboo in a lot of muslim spaces and i know that like if i bring up the the um topic of like being black and muslim a lot of people like are unwilling to hear and unwilling to listen because um like they they don't they think it's just like oh you're gonna get into politics if you think about if you like start talking about that um this could could either go um in terms of like the organization that we were talking about earlier or in general with other encounters that you've had with sunnis when you bring up like a shia identity and knowledge about shiism um why do you think it's seen as solely political and what ways do you like what tactics do you have for yourself to kind of combat that kind of thinking that people might have um oh my gosh Wait, can you say the last part again? Can you say the last question, part of the question one more time? Yeah, like why is it seen as political as well as how do you personally combat um, people who might think that it's solely political? Okay, I feel like it's seen as political because, okay, I don't, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I remember this correctly, but the divide, the Sunnishia divide started because of the, um, it was the caliphate, right? Like who gets yeah. to be the next, what's the word? I'm, I'm, like spacing out the successor right of uh, next successor yes that's how it i think that's that's kind of why it's very politicized um and then i guess yeah okay i don't i feel like i'm really i'm really losing my shit right now no you're good (laughs) (laughs) but um no i feel like that's why it's um really politicized because people are like oh we we just that's it that's it we're not now we're this group and we're this group and that's it and i also think people find a certain level of like, I'm not explaining it. They have like a certain like level of ego with being that like dominant group and keeping it very like Mm. separate like that gives people more power. And I mean, everybody's power hungry. So I feel like that's another reason why it's very politicized because of power as well. Um, And then, yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, there's a lot of other things. I feel like I'm not even touching half the shit that I could be touching. Yeah. How do I deal with that? Um, honestly, I think by educating myself and, um, I feel like, I think I've learned this a lot more recently. Um, and I, I'm willing to talk about this stuff, like with you guys for sure, because you guys are like willing to listen, but some people really aren't willing to listen. And, um, I feel like navigating, like who is actually trying to like do something about this and trying to talk to them. Um, because people who don't want to, they can do that themselves. And if, and maybe they're not ever going to, so, you know. But not, like, but just making sure that I'm educated and then giving that information to people who actually like give a shit and who want to like do something with the knowledge. That's another way, I guess, that I kind of deal with it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think like having more like conversations about um, our differences and our similarities are very important for us to like you know, you know, strengthen our ummah and also have that not have that like anti-Shia rhetoric that exists in a lot of uh, Sunni spaces. Um, and as you know, like a lot of Muslims were very obsessed, like a lot of mosques are very obsessed with like inviting, we talk, talked about this before, but like inviting um, Jewish or Christian or diff- leaders from different um, mosques into their spaces to have interfaith 
faith dialogue. And I've seen a tweet recently and it was talking about how we are so obsessed with these events to like try to gain like proximity to whiteness and sorry, like to be honest, proximity to Christianity to humanize ourselves after 9-11. Why do you think that we can't have spaces for other Muslims? Um, Like, why do you think that uh, we aren't able to do that? And what disturbs your peace about this matter? God, I love this question. Um, I think people are genuinely just really insecure within their own beliefs. Again, I just think they just are, they're just so insecure that hearing something that might not align with what they believe is threatening. That's honestly what I think it is. And also because it's a minority group, it's small, she is not that big. Um, I feel like Sunnis are like, you know, it's fine. Like they're small, they can do, do their own thing. We don't need to really talk about them anyways. Um, I think that's what it is. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I feel like that's what it is. It's really frustrating to me because I'm like, you can bring all these other other faiths, which is awesome. You can talk about them. You can learn about them, but you can't even learn about something within your own group, which you claim is a part of you. Yeah. How can you not talk about that part of you then? Like, how are you not able to address that? I genuinely, genuinely, I just think there, I think that a lot of Sunnis are just threatened and also just really uncomfortable with learning about something that is di- different from, themselves and you know what's funny it's not even that much different like it's really not that much different at all that's that's the funny thing to me is it's the slightest of differences and just because of that you're able to like completely ignore this group which I don't know baffles me baffles me to no end yeah also uh, lovely you said it just so nicely but also to I feel like a lot of Sunni Muslims are threatened because they don't know their faith a lot but it's also because we lack compassion i honestly believe that a lot of times us muslims have forgot like the basic etiquettes of being muslim and how you have to you know love your brother like all these like key things that make up islam like we're just straight up assholes i don't know how we got here but it's like sometimes i see like these crazy christians like you know doing crazy things and it's scary but i can see muslims doing the same thing like you know what i mean like being that like radical radical and i know care is going to be offended by this i don't want to promote islamophobia muslims are nice i get it they're kind but like we need to start showing what we say to non-muslims within ourselves like you know i think you inviting all these jewish christian people for mingling cool but that's not gonna like you know fix our own issues in our community like you know what i mean like and like i think in 2020 i honestly don't care what a christian thinks about me what a jew thinks about me if you don't want to humanize me as a muslim f off but i think it's important that my own muslim brother and sister feel humanized and feels accepted by me at least like because you have more rights over me than john the pastor like sorry john (laughs) you know what i mean so how do you preserve ahlam has been dragging the name john i'm sorry to john all johns (laughs) if i see a john walking down the street i got it Give him a high five or so. I'm I feel so bad sorry. for John. I'm so sorry. Thank you all for your work. But <laughs> no joking. Um, how do you preserve your peace with this matter? I know it's like such a hard thing. Like, how do you, you know, like take care of yourself, especially when dealing with these things? Like, how do you like come to peace? I like that question. It's a really good question. Um, I feel like I'm learning that. I I'll be honest with this whole organization thing that happened. I really lost my peace. Like, I lost my shit. I feel like <laughs> I like really. I was I was so shook about the way that things were like dealt with and the things that people were saying that I was just kind of shocked. But I feel like what I do is first of all learn about she has to use more just so that I for myself know. Um, and then I try to I try to find people um, who are like willing to kind of like you guys who are willing to hear and who are willing to like sit with me 
learn and also just not have and and kind of just like we're just like muslims you know we don't have to feel that divide you know what i mean that makes sense that's kind of how i find my peace but that's something that i'm working on every single day like i i'm not gonna lie like that's just yeah it's like a process but definitely making sure that i for my own knowledge know what's up with both these sides but yeah i feel like we all have to kind of work together on this so i feel like everybody really needs to like Mm -hmm. step it up especially muslims like if if we're gonna call our call like ourselves one ummah, then we need to make the effort in order to be one. You know, but yeah, definitely. I'm really curious about um in terms of like um like Sunni spaces. What do you wish existed that you would feel more comfortable? How could those um, spaces be more inviting to you? Um, I would feel really like comfortable if they talked about like muharram within these uh, within these spaces. You know acknowledged it like organizations be like oh like what's more i'm coming up Let's, you know maybe make a post about it or tweet about it or talk about it just like just acknowledge even organize it. Just an event. Acknowledge it. yeah even organize an event or even have like a speaker come in and just talk about it like just talk about mm-hmm. what is shiaism clear your own misconceptions like just you know for your own self you know mm-hmm. um and just honestly i'm not even kidding acknowledgement just being like you exist would mean the world to wow. I know to me and to just to she is in general like just just saying that hey like we know you're there and we appreciate you we see you would mean everything because right now it's like we are literally trash <laughs> like that's what it is that's what it feels like we don't like i don't know we don't really exist and acknowledgement makes a whole difference that's just kind of like a kind of a small thing but it does make the biggest difference definitely um, thank you so much for joining us, Elise. It was really a pleasure to have you. I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I think my co-hosts have, have as well. Um, I know that this topic is not the easiest to talk about. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and opening up to us. I'm sure a lot of people in the audience have also taken um, a lot away from this episode. Um, so I just want to ask, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us in the audience? Honestly, no, just thank you so much for doing this. Like, like, I I don't think you understand how much it means to me. Like, it really does. Like, thank you for listening and, like, being there. Yeah, I I really appreciate it. That made my day. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Of course.